0: You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to another episode of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. My name is Scott. I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here in the beautiful, amazing city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey, we're honored that you would carve out some time today, wherever you are, to listen to this podcast. Uh, I like, like to listen to podcasts as I'm driving or maybe working out, or I don't know where you're listening to this, but... We just want to say thank you. We know we are in a crazy season and time right now as a society, and so any content that you are allowing to uh, be listened to or viewed by yourself is is just a, an honor that we would be a part of that. So um, before we begin, just want to always highlight um, the man, the myth, the legend that I'm going to talk with in just a minute has released a book. Uh, if you didn't know, back in January, Pastor Vance released a book called Unburdened. Um, a lot of people are sitting around right now, not doing much, looking for great content to consume. Um, I would encourage you to jump on Amazon. It might not get to you for a few weeks, but go ahead, Vance. He's well, about to say something. No, the book I was just going to say when you
1: <laughs> when you said that about the book, I didn't know you were going to do that. But I just jumped off a call with uh, my publisher and literary agent, and one of the things right now with Amazon is is books are just two or three weeks out in delay because it's considered non essential. Mm. But Walmart, Target. You can go online and it's there in a day or two. Boom. So it's a lot quicker order. Somebody wants to order. So as
0: you're listening to this, jump on Walmart or Target.com and order Unburdened by Vance Pittman. Uh, Again, we're going to have a really, really, hopefully solid episode for you today, really pressing into what we are walking through. Uh, If you are listening to this right now in current time, it is uh, mid April of 2020. And uh, even if you're listening to this from a few years from now, you will remember undoubtedly. What we're walking through right now is a society in 2020 with the coronavirus, COVID-19. And so, um, if you haven't already listened to episode 28, which is the one right above this one in the feed, pause and listen to that. We just give some great tips uh, and wisdom on how to lead through crisis. Uh, But today, we're going to discuss something very important, as really a byproduct, something that everyone's starting to talk about right now, specifically in leadership, and um, just love for Vance to give some wisdom to it. So. Without further ado, because I've talked far too much already in this podcast. Vance, how are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing good, Scott. Uh, Really excited to be able to share the things that are on my heart today. Uh, It's born out of some conversations I've been having with some church planters, um, because we're all navigating this. It's new water for everybody. Anybody that thinks they've got this figured out uh, is kidding themselves, because none of us have really walked through anything like this before. Um, there are crises that you walk through and you have to respond to the circumstances. And then there's something like we're in right now where you're actually trying to play a hand that hasn't been dealt yet. Uh, We don't really know day-to-day, week-to-week, what all the circumstances are. If we knew the totality of the circumstances, we could begin to fix it. The problem is we don't know the totality of the circumstances yet. They're being unveiled day-by-day as we get more information and as a governor or a president or a mayor, somebody gives us some updated information, but pretty much if you're in leadership right now, it doesn't matter if you're in the church, outside the church, but if you're a follower of Jesus and you're in leadership, I found myself being consumed in three predominant areas. One is shepherding your people, shepherding your team, the people that you've been called to lead. If you're a pastor, it's your staff team and congregation. If if you're an employer, it's your employees and the staff that work with you. Uh, If you're in a nonprofit world, it's the volunteers that make up your team. But one focus is shepherding your people through this crisis. Then the second for me is serving your city or your community. It's moving beyond survival to serving. In leadership moments like this, we don't just want to try to survive, we want to begin to serve the community, the city at large, because God is opening doors for the gospel from a city engagement standpoint for churches, Christian business leaders, educators in phenomenal ways right now. There are so many open doors, and so it's figuring out new ways to begin to serve your city and to do it in a way that honors the social distancing and guidelines that the CDC's put in place. But the third area is an area that that we haven't talked about very much. We talked in the last episode a lot about shepherding your people and serving your city and leading in crisis. But the third area that I found myself giving a lot of time to is stewarding your resources. We're all trying to manage the resources that God's entrusted to us in a way right now they're limited, but we're trying to manage them for maximum impact. And that's really what we want to talk about today is, is how to lead uh, in that kind of a situation, when finances are a challenge, which is what's happening right now. Now, in the midst of what we're facing in this pandemic, the economic side of it is not the most important thing. The, the lives that are at risk right now, but economics ultimately also play into lives being saved. Um, and so the the challenge of leading through this economically right now and leading when money is tight Uh, is important. And we've we've gone through this as a country back in 08, 09, 07, really to 09, when we had uh, the greatest recession in our economy since the Great Depression of the 1920s, 1930s. And and through that, I was pastoring here in Las Vegas at the time, we learned some things that really positioned us to be much better prepared for what we're walking through right now. And and when I say that, I want to just be as transparent as I can in saying that Man, Las Vegas is one of those cities that, that by and large, most of what we do is non-essential. So when I say Las Vegas is walking through this, man, we're really walking through this in a a great way. The, The Wall Street Journal just released an article that said job losses could double in Las Vegas that of the 2007 to 2009 recession. There was another article that came out this week in the Orlando Sentinel that said Orlando and Vegas are going to be affected in a way that they described as uniquely disastrous. So I understand the economic challenges that every leader is walking through right now because we're facing them as a church, and we've learned some stuff that I thought would be beneficial. So that's what we want to focus on today.
0: So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, Again, this is something we are all going to have to deal with. As you saw, the title of this episode, episode, How to Lead Right When Money is Tight. This is super practical insight. Um, again, from someone, as Vance just said, I've seen um, 2000, 2008, 2009, 2010 time was right when I joined the staff team at Hope Church. Uh, great time to join a staff team when you are like in the middle of a recession, but I've seen Vance lead this out. And so um, when he kind of put some of this content together, I was really, really excited uh, for him to share this for our leaders on our podcast. So Vance, what would you say to kick us off to the leader who right now today, listen to this, is is worry or, worried or weary about really the bleak financial situation we find ourselves going into right now
1: and the first one of these scott i want i'm going to share eight of these lessons um i'm gonna kind of stop halfway through and see if we want to talk about any of it in in depth but um the first of these is going to be probably the most obvious and it's going to probably be the most discouraging because if you if you're not here it's tough in this moment to try to fix it but the first one is simply to prepare a reserve and by that, I mean that preparation for a crisis begins before the crisis. You can't wait until the crisis comes to begin to prepare. And, and Our target at Hope Church and the organization that I lead, the church that I pastor, is three to six months of operating expenses. Now, I know when you hear that, you think, man, I can't afford to do that. But listen, in the midst of an economic downturn, you realize you can't afford not to do this you have to be preparing a reserve for moments of crisis. In Las Vegas, here's the lesson I've learned. We're at the top of the crest of the wave, man, when things are good, but when things are not good, we are at the bottom of the crash. And this preparing a reserve is the biggest lesson we walked away from the 2008, 2009 economic recession in America with, and to be honest, If we were facing this coronavirus situation that we're facing right now back in 08, 09, Hope Church probably would not have survived that. But it's the lessons that we learned and the reserve that that God, by his grace, allowed us to prepare that has positioned us. So the first thing you got to do to lead an economic crisis or to lead right when money is tight is to prepare a reserve. Number two, and again, this one's going to be a little bit obvious, Pray for God's provision. And I don't want to spend a lot of time here because I'm talking, I know, to those in spiritual leadership, and I know you know this. I know that you know that we should pray for God to provide. But I want you to think about two things. First of all, when Jesus taught us the model to pray, his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Included in the model prayer, we often call it the Lord's prayer, but it really was not the Lord's prayer. It was the model prayer he was giving to us to teach us how to pray. One line in it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread, meaning Jesus taught us in the model for prayer that praying for God's provision was a part of how we were to pray. And when we seek God in prayer, we experience God in power. And we've seen at Hope Church, in response to prayer, God moved powerfully in providing in ways that we did not even see coming, ways that we did not anticipate, so Praying for God's provision is biblical and it's beneficial for you as an organization. So, and again, I know some that are listening to this are leading in in the community. You're not a pastor. You're not a, You're not a church leader. Listen, it doesn't matter. You can pray for God's provision as a restaurant owner. You can pray for God's provision as a business owner. You can pray for God's provision as an educator. You can pray. Number three, provide for your team provide for your team. If you hadn't figured it out yet, I'm giving you these all in P's so they're easy to remember. So prepare a reserve, pray for God's provision, and number three, provide for your team. And by your team, I mean those that you would consider a part of your, your staff team, your leadership, those that, that are paid employees of your organization, your church, your ministry, your nonprofit, your business. You need to be clear in two things. You need to be clear in your commitment to them. And secondly, you need to be clear in your communication with them. Your people, your team are living with the same fears, the same uncertainty as the people in your city. Many of the people that are on your team have spouses who've already lost jobs. So they have uncertainty in their own house, in their own life, and you're asking them to lead in the midst of that uncertainty, and to serve in the midst of that uncertainty. So you need to remove all the uncertainty that you can. Now, don't overpromise, but provide certainty. Now, To give you an example of what I mean by that, when this first started, the, the, the third week of, I think it was the second week of March when we closed our services online, the very next Tuesday, I brought our whole staff team together, socially distanced, and we just had prepared a plan where we communicated to them, "Hey, for the next twenty weeks, because we'd built a reserve, we established a twenty-week budget, and said for twenty weeks, you are going to be paid benefits. Nothing's going to change. Now, at the end of twenty weeks, we're going to have to reevaluate." So, I didn't tell them there was no change ever, but I, I removed what uncertainty I could. For twenty weeks, we said we're good and we're going. To, we have a plan to move forward now. Your situation may not allow you to communicate 20 weeks. That's okay. I'm not saying you have to do that. What I'm saying is you have to be clear and they understanding you are committed to them, number one. And number two, you are communicating with them as you have information without over-promising, but providing an element of certainty that you can. Number four, prioritize the kingdom. Prioritize the kingdom. Remember, as a spiritual leader, And when I say spiritual leader, I'm not talking about just pastors. A spiritual leader is any follower of Jesus in a leadership position. You are to leverage your leadership for the sake of the kingdom. Ultimately, God's given you that position of influence, not for the sake of your bottom line, not for the sake of your retirement account, not for the sake of your portfolio, and not for the sake of your economic impact. God has given you that position of leadership to be leveraged for the expansion of his kingdom. Jesus said it in Matthew 6, he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Well, we know what the all these things are. All these things are the provision. He's talking in that text about food, clothing, shelter, the basic necessities of life. Jesus said, you seek first the kingdom, I'll take care of you. Here's what tends to happen in moments of crisis. We start focusing on taking care of ourselves rather than seeking first the kingdom. And when we do that, we miss the opportunity for God's supernatural intervention and provision because we fail to honor his word and prioritize the kingdom. And when Jesus said to seek first the kingdom, he said that as a command, not as a suggestion for us to consider or pray about. So we're to seek first the kingdom. So what does that look like to prioritize the kingdom? Here's what it looks like for us at Hope Church. Here's an example. We treat missionaries and church planters like personnel. Here's what that means. We don't cut them until we get to the place that we have to start trimming personnel. If situation gets that bad, and it did get that bad for us in 08, 09, we did have to cut our personnel by 30% and cut our budget by 30%. But but we don't start cutting missionaries, church planters, church planting support, missionary support until we start dealing with Uh, cutting personnel. We treat them the same. Here's what I'd say about that. Don't retreat from your values and convictions. Don't let crisis change your convictions. If your convictions are kingdom first, crisis should not change that. Convictions are not for convenient times. Convictions are the way we always function in all times. So the decisions that you're making about your financial situation should be evaluated through your vision framework, your mission, your values, your strategy, and your measures should should be the process by which you evaluate and make these decisions. So there's the first four. Scott, and I'll, I'll see if you got any questions or input, but prepare reserve, pray for God's provision, provide for your team, prioritize the kingdom.
0: Yeah, man, that's some solid stuff. I was thinking through as you just listed those four and just jotting some things down. It's funny that all of these are things that, that, that don't just happen in the middle of crisis and you go, oh wait, let's prepare a reserve and pray for God's provision, and provide for your team and prioritize the kingdom. These are things that every month we talk about in our podcast, these are leadership convictions, leadership characteristics that if they aren't in place now, they're not just going to magically appear in the middle. It's almost like a crisis brings out the leaders that were already kind of being born um, and being developed and you know, I'm thinking the strategy and the planning and the vision and all the things that we've discussed—I mean, in depth on this podcast—those are the things that are really shining in leaders in the midst of crisis. It's not like you can just magically become this leader you hope to be. Uh, and so that just kind of stood out to me. And again, that's not to discourage anybody listening, but to encourage you that that you you need to press into leadership when things are going well, so that you can really shine as a leader when things are not. <laughs>
1: Well, and Scott, let me add to that, that because I know some of you may be hearing this, and you may be thinking, man, I am so far behind the eight ball. Well, listen, so was I in 2007, 8, and 9, when the first economic crisis we faced here in Las Vegas impacted us at Hope Church. And I'm just as honest as I can be, it is only by a miracle of God's grace that we as an organization survived the economic collapse of 2007, 8, and 9. So you may be in a position where you didn't prepare and you're not able to provide for your team and you haven't prayed for God's provision. And you may be hearing this and you may be feeling a little bit of guilt or condemnation about not being more prepared. Let me say this, um, this won't be the last crisis. So at, you may be caught this time slightly unprepared. That doesn't mean you can't repent before the Lord, trust in his grace. And just like I had to do in 2007, eight, nine, see God provide in miraculous ways to keep us alive, but that's not an excuse for you not to hear these things to be prepared for the next crisis, because there will be another one coming. This is not the last one we'll face in America. Uh, Just in, in my time here in Las Vegas, we've had the The 9-11 happened. We had the Las Vegas shooting that happened. We've had a flood on our campus that happened. We've now had the pandemic that's a global pandemic. So we've walked through crisis. This won't be the last one. So some of you hearing this, it's going to help you some now, but it's going to prepare you even more for the next crisis that is to come.
0: And to, to speak to somebody, Vance, on your leadership team who's seen that over the last 11 years, um, you said it to our staff, and I thought it was super encouraging. You said to them as you as you told them, hey, for 20 weeks we're gonna do this. You said, a lot of you guys remember five, six, eight years ago when we had to cut your budgets a little bit for yearly budgets. This is why. There was even vision in you saying that. Like we were very passionate out of 0809. We were led by our convictions that this will not happen to us again. And you guys have felt that negatively at times because we're like, hey, your ministry budgets are going to get cut. And now this is why. And so it was cool to be on this side of it to go, wow, I'm so grateful that as hard as it might have been in 2015 when I couldn't get that thing that our ministry team needed because we had to put into the reserve, here's our whole staff team now going, wow, thank the Lord that you were led by your convictions and, and learned the lessons that have now helped us in, in, in the present. So I thought that was really cool.
1: The security that our team feels today with the yes in commitment to them has taken the sting out of the frustration that they felt in the no when they were preparing and presenting budgets that we said no to. Uh, there were some tough no's, but it was so that we could say yes in these moments. And the security of the yes in this moment has taken the sting out of some of the frustration in those moments. So – let me give you the other four. Here's, here's number five. Plan to reduce expenses. Um, in moments of crisis, we all come into this with a budget, but the budget that you had when the crisis began is not the budget that you have through the crisis. You have to, um, you have to pivot. You have to, to, to flex. You have to change. And so to do this, number one, as the leader, you need to know your numbers, you need to know what your numbers are. The, the budget that needs to be adapted needs to be a budget that you're aware of. Now, that doesn't mean you got to be the person that's most in the know, but you need to make sure somebody knows the numbers. Numbers are important. Your budget is important. It's a part of stewarding. So you need to know the numbers and you must adapt the numbers and the budget based on the new circumstances. So how do you do that? Well, when we do it at HOPE, we use three words. When we So we came into this year with a budget. We prayed, we planned, we prepared, we sought the Lord, had a budget. Boom, crisis comes. So what do we have to do? We have to now pivot. We've got to, to adapt. And so to do that, we use three words. We look at all the budget through three filters, fixed, flexible, and fat. Fixed is we can't touch that. It's a fixed cost. It's either our mortgage or what we consider our personnel or or mission. It's those things that are fixed in our budget. Then there's what's called flexible. It's the things that are in the budget. You can do them. You cannot do them. And then there's that that's called fat. It's the stuff that's in the budget. It's something that was good, but it's not mission critical. And so the first round for us is everything that's fat. If it's not mission critical in crisis, it's gone. It's eliminated immediately. Then we take a hard look at that which is flexible and we keep some and we get rid of some. And as we walk through the crisis, as circumstances change, that in the flexible category changes over time. Even some of the stuff that in the first round we consider fixed can move into the flexible category as things begin to change. And so you define mission critical expenses and in the midst of doing this, you freeze spending on all non-essential Uh, expenditures. And you need to have somebody on your team designated as the gatekeeper for all of those decisions. On our team, we have our executive director of uh, services and support designated as the gatekeeper. And here's what that means. Uh, We have a staff team at our church of about 65 people. Nobody, nobody, myself included as the senior pastor, nobody can expense an item of more than $100 right now without getting Mornay's signed approval. Now, is it always that strict? No, it's not always that strict. But in moments of crisis, you have to adjust and you got to plan to reduce expenses. And part of the planning is providing accountability. So you got to set clear expectations and provide accountability. Work within shorter time blocks where maybe you did have an annual budget that was a one-year budget that you look at monthly. Now you're looking like we've gone to a 20-week budget we've established, and we're looking at that budget every week, and things are being evaluated daily. So you're using shorter time blocks and reevaluating as new information comes available. Number six, you promote generosity connected to vision, not desperation. And this is particularly applicable to churches and nonprofits who live off of the donations and contributions and offerings of others. Um, This particular point is not as applicable to business leaders, restaurant owners, educators, but for those in the nonprofit world, those in the, in the church world, promote generosity connected to vision, not desperation. Here's what I mean by that. The temptation for churches and ministries right now and nonprofits is to get in front of their donor base and say, we're desperate, donations are down, we're, we're working hard, we need you to support us. But what's important is to not come across desperate, even though you are, connect generosity to vision. Here's an example of what I mean by that. Every week right now at Hope, when we release our weekly service, now we do this every week when we're not online, we do this in our church. But when it comes to that moment of offering, we try to connect giving to ministries in our city and missionaries or partners in our world that will not survive without the church's continued investment. For example, we've launched an entire new initiative in our city called Hope is Here, where we're serving our city in a variety of ways through this pandemic, through this crisis. Well, that's got to be funded. And so what we're doing is we're communicating to our church, hey, we don't need you to support us because we're desperate We need you to give because the city's in need and you don't give to a church, you give through a church to serve the city and the nations for the glory and honor of God. So make sure you are connecting uh, giving generosity to vision, not desperation. If you want an example of that, go to the last couple of weeks, three weeks of our online services at Hope Church. You can find them on our website and go about 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the service and you'll find a, a generosity thought video that we play after the opening worship set It'll give you an example of how we're connecting vision and generosity. Number seven, practice generosity towards the people in your church and your city. And here's what I mean by that. You are not the only one hurting. Your church people are not the only ones who are hurting. Our cities, our communities, our neighborhoods, our schools are hurting. And we need to think outwardly, not not just thinking, how do we survive? We need to think, how do we survive, thrive, and serve the cities, communities, neighborhoods that we're in? Um, There's a verse in Proverbs chapter 22 says, he who is generous will be blessed. Now, that's a verse many of us have heard. We've quoted it. He who's generous will be blessed. Well, listen to the second part of it. I saw something I'd never noticed before. He who is generous will be blessed, Proverbs 22, 9, for he gives some of his food to the poor. The word food, Aaron, in Hebrew is a word that speaks to nourishment, meaning I'm not giving out of my excess. I'm giving out of that which I need as my own food, my own nourishment. I'm giving out of my own need to serve. And the Bible says the promise of Proverbs is when we live that way, that's real generosity. We have a business owner in our church who owns two restaurants. And obviously restaurants are really feeling it right now. But what they've decided to do is they got food in their freezers. And so they are cooking food and giving it away to hospital workers and essential personnel right now and said, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen to our business, but... We got this food, we want to serve the city, and we're going to trust God to meet our needs. And they've begun to do that. They're just And they said, we're going to do it till the freezer's empty. We're just going to continue. They've been serving hospitals. They're not thinking bottom line. They're thinking kingdom. And they're practicing generosity, not just taking care of their own. They're looking to the city as a business leader to serve. And I'm telling you, God is blessing them and will bless them for that. Here's number eight. Partner with other nonprofits in your city. There are opportunities right now to build kingdom relationships that are abounding because everybody's in need. There are food banks, blood banks, schools, rescue missions, foster care facilities, orphanages that all right now are in desperate need. And even some of them that you, maybe you're listening to this and you're a Christian business owner and you've tried before to get involved, but because of your testimony, your faith in Christ, maybe they've been resistant. I'm telling you now they're open. They may have been closed before, but they need you more than ever. These are great opportunities to look to partner with others in your city to make a difference. So there's the eight. Prepare reserve, pray for God's provision, provide for your team, prioritize the kingdom, plan to reduce expenses, promote generosity, connected to division, not desperation, practice generosity towards the people in your church and your city, And then number eight, partner with other nonprofits, businesses, and and the like in your city that are open to engaging the city. That's
0: awesome. We will include that list um, in document form for you in the show notes if you want to sit down with your team and look over that list on these lessons that Vance has learned over his years in leadership and uh, put it in your context. What can we do to do those things right now? What can we do to do those things? Maybe, Like Vance said, maybe it's not for this crisis, but for the next one. Um, and so we hope that has been encouraging for you uh, we pray that you are safe and staying um, staying socially distant and doing your part in in helping end this pandemic and again we we don't know when this releases in the first part of may um, where we will be as a society but we know god is on the throne and we will be back again for an episode in june so we pray you are well and we pray that uh, as you're listening to this you are encouraged that god is totally in control we trust him and uh, we're really really thankful that you have tuned in today. So thank you once again for joining us on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.